Welcome to the Show Up Fitness Podcast, where great personal trainers are made. We are changing the fitness industry one qualified trainer at a time with our in-person and online personal training certification. If you want to become an elite personal trainer, head on over to showupfitness.com. Also, make sure to check out my book, How to Become a Successful Personal Trainer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day and keep showing up. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Show Up Fitness Podcast. Today is episode number 43, and it's a spooky Tuesday because it's Halloween. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween. We dress up as bats and scary cats and go out for trick or treats. Ghosts and goblins, witches and magicians, we all get together and dance. We stir up the brew, then say boo and fly off to Paris, France. I was taught that, I think, in kindergarten. I still remember it. Hopefully, y'all are having a safe, awesome freaking Tuesday for Halloween. We're going to talk about spooky stories, scary stories that have happened to me as a trainer, as a coach, and how would you handle that situation? Before we get into it, though, let's design a program for our clients. Let's have some fun. So what are they afraid of? Everyone's afraid of cardio. So today they come in, you hop your ass on the treadmill, you run a mile. And then you get off and you're going to do a push. Whatever their exercise that they want to do, ask them, what's your favorite push? We do three sets of push-ups, come back, you run a quarter or a half a mile, depending on your client's conditioning capabilities. You come back and then you're going to do a pull. Favorite pull exercise, back on the treadmill for a quarter mile to half a mile. And then we're going to do a leg. You do a hinge squat, unilateral, you choose, client. And we come back for a half a mile. And then we go and finish off with the last one, which is going to be a press. And then we come back and finish off on a mile. So you've run between two, three, four miles. You're going to get three sets of a push, a pull, a unilateral hinge squat, and then also a press. You choose based off your client's goals. So if they want more lower body, you can make that first one a squat hinge or unilateral or even some jumps for three rounds. You could add in an accessory, but they're probably going to be huffing and puffing due to the run. You don't always have to do CCA, but the CCA is great for 99.99% of beginners. But then what does it look like as you progress into months two, three, and four? All things that we will teach you at Show Up Fitness when you show up. Just got back from Miami. What a freaking awesome seminar. I'm not going to talk too much on it today. I'm going to get right into these scary stories because we're going to bring on Cisco. He's the one who connected us in Miami. We had 19 people there. It was such a great time seeing Jorge from South America and connecting with Ashley, CNT, and meeting people for the first time, Altina and Joe. And we did some really cool stuff with meeting one another. We did some things that we've never done before. We're going to, in 2024, have a seminar every single month, and we're going to bring in the flavors of the town. So Cisco, his mom cooked us up some really awesome carne asada. So on Sundays, that's what we're going to do wherever we're at, whether it be Chicago or DC, Boston, Sacramento, Phoenix, Austin. That's almost like a wrap right there. We will bring the flavors of the town to make it special. Building community is what it's all about. Do not be that victim. It's too far. I don't have enough money. Those are the people you never hear about. No offense. Got to be sensitive today in successful stories. Oh, this guy over here owns this team. Oh, he had all these victim stories when he was younger. Nope. Action-based principles. We had someone fly out from LA, Chelsea, and she's been doing this for numerous years. You invest in you, you bet on you, and that's how you're going to be successful. How would you handle the following scenario? 
Client's doing some stability ball crunches. Three, four. Oh, my lordy. What the hell was that? Not only was the sound scary, but the smell is scary as well. You're going to have clients fart all the time. You're going to giggle. Maybe you don't. Maybe you try to be calm and like it didn't happen. That's the worst thing you could do. You need to address it. Make a joke. Oh, someone went tootie. My son goes tootie all the time. It's part of life. Maybe it was the beans you had last night. All right, we got six more. If you embarrass your clients, they're not going to want to keep on coming back in. So try to make a joke out of it. Even sometimes it may be you. You may be demoing an exercise. I think Travis has a funny story on this. And he's doing it in his short shorts that he has. And then a little fart came out and he, oh, just don't do that. Move right on. If you make it really worse than it is, that's when it gets super scary. So don't be like that. How would you handle this situation? Client sends you a naughty little text. And I'm not talking about naughty words. You have a glass of wine. You can see their lingerie. And client says, getting my calories in at the end of the night. That's a difficult one. Because if your client's paying you 150 bucks an hour and you write back, don't ever do that. That's inappropriate. I'll see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. They're embarrassed. They had a couple of drinks. And now they don't show up. And now they want a refund. You have to kind of tote this fine line between business professional. I'm not saying to write back, ooh, send me some more. Don't be a creep. But you can just write, it's getting late. Go to bed. See you tomorrow. Keep it professional, but you need to address it, A. Or if you didn't respond, just be comfortable having that conversation the next day because you need to address it. Uh, Did someone have a little too much to drink last night? Oh, no, I, I meant to send it to someone else. No worries. Just keep the photos that you send to me. Keep it all about our food. That's all I want to see. Hopefully you're feeling better. Let's get into today's spooky workout. We're going to go run a mile. They're going to feel like crap, but don't be that other person who thinks with the other head, the little head, and you're right back. Oh, let's see a little bit more. Oh, what are we doing over there? Next thing you know, bad, bad things will happen. Don't do that. Don't egg it on. I once had an intern send me a photo. Didn't ask. Remember, everyone who goes to show up fitness or above 18, didn't ask for it, sent me a photo of her glutes. How are they looking? And I was like, crap, you had to think for a second. Don't respond quickly or brashly because you cannot take that back. So I just let it sit, responded. What's our squat at? What's our hip thrust at? How are those going? Didn't even address it. Send another one. And I'm like, ah, crap. And so you have to think about it because if I were to say, don't ever send me those photos, that's super inappropriate. Now she's offended. Maybe she has a fantasy about the belt buckle. Who knows? But if you were to be super inappropriate responding back, don't ever do that. That's not appropriate. What could happen is then she leaves and she's no longer a member. And now she starts talking shit about show up fitness. And this is so insane today where you could be thinking like, oh my God, I would totally respond like that. That's super inappropriate. But then now they quit their membership and what is that conversation going to be like next time she's in the gym and someone's talking about show up and I'll get my CPT. Oh, don't do that. Trainer's super creepy. They're going to flip it around to make it look like I'm the weird one. And so you have to kind of tilt that line and think about what would a Yelp review look like? And so if you respond back as I did, and I just said, how's that hip thrust? How's our squat going? Didn't even address it. And then when she sent the second one, same thing. And after that, because I didn't play into it, I never got any more. Now, 
what if you were to get four or five, six more, and they start getting a little more juicy? Oh, my God, with all the fans-only shit out there today. These are serious, scary situations that you have to think about. That is when you'd want to really address it. Maybe, A, you wouldn't respond at all. Just kind of ghost them. Or you'd want to address it and say, please don't send those photos. It's really inappropriate. I don't like that. And then hopefully you can even get on a call and have a chat with them. But you need to remember your brand is the most important thing. And when you start sticking your brand in places where the sun don't shine, it can get nasty. I have a story I talk about in my new book that's going to be coming out here very shortly. I'm hoping before the end of the year, I have the final edits going in there, putting in some hunk tips, putting in our schedule for 2024, a lot of awesome stuff in this workbook. So when you come to a seminar in 2024, you would use the book to write out the case examples and learn your anatomy, the 17 muscles of the shoulder, 20 of the lower body. But then as we have in our level four, which is going to be our most complete part of the program, and we're going to get trainers who are getting approved by physical therapists and professors, you need to be able to name actions based off that muscle. So if I were to say piriformis and you're put on the spot, external rotation or abduction, you need to be able to name the actions of 60 plus specific muscles. It's not going to be easy because great trainers are different and that's us. That's you. And that's why you got to keep on sharing this message so we can get in front of people and help them become successful. And so in my book, I talk about a story. There was a guy that was opening up his gym here in Santa Monica at the same time I was. And this was in 2014. And what he did is he started putting the little eggplant guy where the sun didn't shine. And it wasn't good because, oh, maybe it was good at the time, but one time, two time, three time stuff starts spreading. And we would have small group called them booty camps and girls would come in and we, I'd always ask them, what are your favorite gyms? Why do you like them? I would essentially be doing a swift through them. What's great. What wasn't great. What do you think about the instructors? How could we improve? I would start out all of my sessions like that. And I would start getting feedback. Uh, the instructor's kind of creepy. Oh, interesting. What does that mean? And it was funny because it was right around Halloween. And I remember pulling up his Instagram and looking at Halloween photos. And then the girl's like, yeah, so he's sleeping with that girl, but he's also sleeping with this instructor. So in class, they had a fight. And these two, think of like a Halloween horror story. These two cats are going back, going back and forth because they were both screwing the instructor who was the owner. Well, guess where they're at today? They're not there. And that's because your brand is being representative. And when you do that, the likelihood of long-term success is extremely low. Now, let me address that because you may be thinking, don't ever date clients. Well, I have two success stories where I had a trainer, date a client, and now they're married. And so you need to think about the ramifications of the long-term events. What if you date? What if you break up? What's going to happen? Breakups are never a pleasant scenario. So the professional thing to do in that circumstance would be to fire the client. Hey, Betsy, I'm really attracted to you. I think we can make this work. Let's go on a date. What do you say? And if she says, oh my God, you're the creepiest guy in the world. Well, you're not going to have that client anymore, but that's the risk you're going to take. And so from the scenario, one of my buddies had, he had a client they were dating for a year. She invited him to a party. They were having a great time. He's always been attracted to her, kind of felt some fire there. They ended up kissing at the dawn of night or whatever the hell it is. It was a New Year's party. And then the next day they addressed it and said, I really like you, but I cannot continue to train you. So let's see where this goes. 
and end up going into a happy marriage. So you got two sides. You got the angel and the devil, Halloween themed, right? So think with your big head. And if a Cinderella story presents itself, be professional. Think a long term. End it where it is and see where love goes. How would you handle this one? You are far left liberal. Your client, far right Republican. Gun slanging everything under the sun. This is in 2006 or seven or so. And your conversations are always pugnacious. I love that word. Think of a little pug. Pugnacious. It's just argumentative. How would you handle that? As the director of training at the time, I had a trainer, the liberal, and then the client, far right Republican, they would always complain and always bitch at one another. Hey, how's this going? Blah, blah, blah. And she would you know, bicker back. And it came to the point where I had to sit them down because the female trainer came to me and she was like crying her eyes out. He's really offending me. I said, all right, so here's what we got to do. Client, trainer, we got two options. You guys cut the crap out. Awesome trainer in front of you. Big guy, because he was very big. He was 360 pounds, so big that he actually broke a treadmill. That was an interesting one. He was running on there. Funny dude. Broke the treadmill, came over there. Chris, uh, treadmill 13, I think I broke it. I'm like, ah, come on, big guy. Don't want to use his name. And so I had to get that figured out. But told him, you're with a great trainer. We got two options. You can continue to work with this great trainer, but you can't have these conversations. I know you get a kick out of it and you think it's funny because you're a big bully and you're pushing her around. But when you make her cry, that's when we've gone too far. If you guys can have friendly conversations and challenge your mind to think bigger and come to a respectable conclusion, which is difficult to do when we talk about politics. But think of it like sports. I can make a little push at one team and this team, but we're not going to get in fights. I have a client right now, Big B. He loves Oklahoma. I hate Oklahoma. I'm a Texas guy. We talk about it. We have fun. We talk about the spreads. I I get insights. Do you think they're going to cover this weekend? I really do. So then I bet on Oklahoma. We make it fun. It's never pugnacious like that. And so for them, I said, you choose. Or option B, I'm going to put you with another trainer. And so he brought me aside and he ended up with another trainer. And that's fine. But do not get combative on the floor where you're, you're literally upset from this conversation because your feelings have been stormed up because of the conversations around politics. You're going to talk about it. And they say, don't talk about politics or war. I've said it before. It's such a hard one because your clients come in and they want to talk about war, religion, what's going on. And you're like, okay, I'm a chameleon. I always play the middle ground. And a lot of times I'll play the ignorant ground in the sense I don't know what's going on. So if a client comes in, do you hear about the, the vote last night? I'm like, oh, no, tell me more about it. What's your stance on it? And they'll say, what's your stance? I'm just kind of in the middle. I'm not taking left or right. I'm just right in the middle. I'm all about the world being happy and helping people become better. When it comes to politics, I don't want to get into it. How would you handle this sucker? Client comes in. They've been with you for almost a year. Six foot one, 140 or so pounds. Very strong. Easily back squat, 155. She's warming up. We did our little 90-90. She's facing a mirror with the bar, which is 45 pounds. So this is a, a warm-up. Six reps in. I'm right behind her. She starts falling forward right for the mirror. Reactively, I grab her, pull her back, rack the bar. Where I grabbed her, reactively, is right where her breasts were. 
If I would not have grabbed her, she would have went right into the mirror. My mind was like, what in the flying witch's butt just happened? Because this is 45 pounds. It's 30% of what you're capable of. Sometimes accidents happen. Neurologically, you're not feeling well. Whatever it was, she wasn't there. Six reps in, starts falling forward. I pulled her back, racked and said, super sorry, but glad we didn't go into the mirror, right? And she kind of giggled. So in that situation, you couldn't have done anything else. I've saved her from going into the mirror. I tried to make a little joke. Are we feeling okay? Maybe we shouldn't back squat. No, you know, I was just really thinking about some stuff that's going on with my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. I remember that conversation vividly. I'm like, well, I asked you how we're doing today. And you said, great. We went into our little warm up and we went into the first set. We're not there. So let's talk about it. And we ended up sitting down for most of the sessions, having a conversation. She wasn't offended or anything about what happened with my spotting. It was more of just where she was at mentally with her relationship stuff. So always be prepared for worst case scenarios. Play that final destination game. What if a client were to trip on something and they fall? I got my director of personal training position at my first gym because the manager at the time, I was a trainer, was training someone. They were doing BOSU ball squats. No shit in you. And she fell off, hit her head on the side of a plyo box, went to the hospital. As the owner should do, they fired the trainer. There were two different stories. I didn't see it, but the stories were she was flirting with the member. Another story was she went to go change the TV. One, why the hell are you on a BOSU ball? Two, how you would handle that if you were to leave. Maybe your gym crush is right there. Oh my God, you have to talk to him. Say, Carol, get off the BOSU ball, stand there for 30 seconds. I'm going to go talk to Alex Rodriguez or whoever your gym crush is. We saw Alonzo Morning in the gym. It was pretty awesome. He was working out right next to Ashley and Chelsea. I got some video footage. We're hoping to get him on the podcast. We'll see. But that is like a celebrity signing. If that were to happen to you and you go fanatic and you were to take that chance to each their own, but be smart about it. All right, let's have you step off the BOSU ball for a second. I'm going to go over here and change the channel. Don't do anything. Look right here. You got the pile box. If you were to fall off and hit your head, bam, dead. We don't want that. So stay there. I'll be right back. Or do a harmless plank or a wall sit, something that's not going to potentially have the client fall off and hurt themselves. Ready for this sucker? How would you handle it? You have a chat box on your phone because you run a business. Fortune 500 company. That's what we're going to call show up fitness right now. And you have someone start asking some questions that are very peculiar. You start thinking, hmm, this is not your typical, I want to be a personal trainer. This is a spy. And so then they're asking about your board of education. They're asking about, well, when did you do this over here? How are you doing what you're doing right now? These claims that you're making, that's impossible. You can't be doing that. Very pugnacious. So I said, let's hop on a phone call. Here's my number. Who is this? This is Chris, the belt buckle trainer. I'll give you a call in 10 minutes. I get a call from Utah, Bob something. Answer, I go, hey, how are we doing? It's Chris Michelle Fitness. How can I help you today? Very pleasant, smiling, starts going into a rant. You don't know anything about what you're doing. You can't be doing this. You say you had this board of education. Who are the specific names? How do you claim to know everything about NASM? I said, well, I know a lot about NASM. I taught NASM for six years at MPTI, which is the school. I know that it was originated by Neil Spruce. And then you have Dr. Clark. He came with the OPT. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's not who invented it. Like, well, I'm sorry. That's the information that I have from Wikipedia. I didn't do my research optimally because this individual says that's wrong. It was Bob Goldman. I said, okay, well, to each strange said, no, because I'm Bob. I founded NASA with Neil and Dr. Clark came in in 1990. So how are we doing today, Bob? Love to learn more because... 
you guys have your great marketing company. I got show up fitness and probably scaring you a little bit, huh? I said, you're claiming that you're, you're giving people hands-on learning. And I said, that's what we're doing. And he was scared and he wasn't happy. And guess what he did? He hung up on me. And so that was a really interesting call that I had one time from the CEO, not the CEO now, but the founder of NASM. NASM is an interesting company because you look at where they began when you do your research, which I didn't at the time. I was under the impression it was from Neil Spruce. And Spruce came from the dot fit era and bodybuilder. He was the trainer. I don't know how he got linked up with Dr. Clark, who was the physical therapist. And then you have the doctor, and that's Dr. Goldman, the guy I was talking to. So those three minds came together and their intent at the time was to change the industry, to have a respectable certification. And in the early 90s, if you talk to people who got certified through NASM in the 90s and early 2000s, it was a really difficult, respected certification. But as it's grown into the profit marketing machine that it is now, it's just diluted itself. And if you look at what they're currently doing, it's an open book test. And so do they have a say? They're on the board. I don't know their percent ownership. I don't know anything about what goes on within NASM. I don't know. I don't have any little spies in there giving me information. I get my information from people who I know. I knew one person that worked there when I was at MPTI, and he'll tell me a lot of stuff about what's going on. But I don't know a lot of the specifics about how those three met. And I think that'd be a really interesting story because you have a doctor, physical therapist, trainer, the goal, change the industry. And then now you look at the product. So you look at what Show Up Fitness is doing in juxtaposition to NASM. Very similar. We have top therapists, doctors, RDs, professors. Our goal is to become the new gold standard for personal training certifications. Our mission statement has changed from where it was in 2014 when we were in academy in 2017 when we got sued by my prior employer. Those are all spooky events that happen. Imagine a $100,000 fine coming your way. How do you handle that? Well, that's a whole other story. But our long-term goal is to get into emerging nations and markets like India and South America and get into the UK. So it's a competition. You look at Adidas and you look at Nike. It's kind of the same story. The intent to provide the best shoes, but then now you have someone who's going to challenge them. Phil Knight comes in and says, guess what? I can do it better. There's going to be competition and that's going to upset people. Never talk to them again. I would have loved to have a call with them to see how they founded it and started it and where they're at today and challenge the OPT model because that is not for general pop where it may have worked for some of the special populations you're working with, but that's not a system for the whole world. And so what we're doing at Show Up is significantly different because we're getting trainers to be critical thinkers, not just follow a simple system. Yes, we have our CCA. It gives you the confidence and foundation for training 99.99% of general population, but we teach you how to regress it to make it a CA or a C or even an A, to progress it to make it a CCC or a CCCCA, depending on the group you're working with. If you're working with combat sports and you have your own small group gym, you can still use your CACA variation. You could be a core pattern into an accessory and a core pattern accessory. So you do a push-up into some cardio, into a pull into some cardio. Now there's strategy and thought behind the programming. It's not just random exercises. And so that was probably one of the most intriguing calls that I had. It was like eight minutes. But afterwards, I got off that call. I was like, okay, 
we're on the map. And when you're on the map, essentially you have other people looking at you, it's time to shine. There's no room for screw-ups. You got to have all of your ducks in a row. In 2024, we're coming for you because this is going to be our biggest year getting in front of trainers who want to become successful because the industry is greatly flawed by getting a textbook certification. You don't get hands-on. You don't get to ask questions. And we were in Miami. You just, you saw the excitement from these trainers. They're now implementing the stuff that they thought was right with guidance. They do an exercise. Oh, okay, why'd you do that? Well, it was hard, but is that what their goal was? Why did we do a military press into an Arnold press into a single arm press? Set one, we do military press. Set two, we should add the load to make it more challenging. Set three, set a PR. Go for 10 reps. Go for five if it's appropriate. But we don't change the exercise per round. You can change it per circuit, but not in the same CCA. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Let's see how it goes. That is how you learn. That is how you crush all of those ants, those automatic negative thoughts. If we're thinking, I don't know what I want to, is this this right? Uh, I'm just going to do it. And it doesn't hurt the client. You think, wow, that's right. I don't think I should put this online because I don't know if it's right. I'm just going to do it on my next client. Then on my next client. And then you build confidence. It's false confidence. And people get results. You go, oh, this is the way. This is how you do it. No, it just worked because they're showing up and they're moving and they like you. The people skills. But your trade skills The periodization part, the physiology part, kinesiology aspects, you lack that. And what you're doing, you're flipping a coin, but you don't have someone to oversee what you're actually doing. Anyways, there's my rant for the morning. I want to hear your spooky stories. What events have happened? Leave us a five-star rating. Thank you for your time. Always appreciate hearing your stories when people say, I searched this podcast, came across, show up, really liked it. Shoot us a DM comment on Instagram. We're going to be choosing people, lucky listeners like you, to get on the podcast. We're excited to change the industry one qualified trainer at a time. And remember, keep showing up.